Hey everyone, welcome to season one, episode nine of the Matt Martial Arts Podcast. This one was uh, was another really fun episode. It's been a few weeks. Uh, I took a few weeks off. There was uh, my work was very very busy, and uh, and I just couldn't couldn't fit it in. But I'm back, and I think that we are going to have a really fun episode. Um, probably about six weeks ago, my good friend Tony White, the owner operator of Shoshin Jiu Jitsu in Erie, Pennsylvania was uh, was telling me about Matt Mann from over in UK, over in Cornwall. And he was saying that I really should connect with Matt because he has not only a cool origin story, but he just really embodies the, the thing actually that this podcast is trying to do. And that is opening up people's eyes that jujitsu is much more than what you think. And that's the name of, that's the name of Matt's socials. So I took a look at his socials and it was a really cool blend of fun, lighthearted stuff, as well as some pretty serious topics. Like, you know, when you train, you should train for actual real life situations, not just uh, delusional fairy tales. (laughs) And um, Matt knows very well because he's ex-law enforcement. And really that was his origin story is like what got him into training jujitsu was, you know, in his day job and dealing with the public and law enforcement, he didn't feel like his training that was provided from his department was enough to truly keep him safe. One thing I found interesting too was it wasn't only his own safety that he was concerned about, he was also interested in the safety of potential suspects, people that he was dealing with. And so I found that super enlightening. And, uh, and obviously, I'm a huge fan of law enforcement and military and whatnot. So um, and he tells a great story. You know, he shares about how it's really impacted his life and so much so that it prompted him to, you know, fire up the social media channels. And what I'll do is I'll post those here with the episode so you can check those out. Uh, and so Tony was right. You know, Matt and I connected and we talked for 15, 20 minutes or so. And, and I felt like I knew him for years. He's just just a great guy and, and he's a new friend. Um, so I think you'll really like the episode. I know that I had a lot of fun talking with him. I'm sure we're going to talk many more times. And it's the thing I love so much about doing this show really is, you know, this is a passion project of mine. It's like, I love jujitsu. I love martial arts in general. I love the community. And when you can find new friends and cool people with, you know, who think about things in the same way, and you can also provide encouragement for people who are maybe struggling or on the fence or, you know, interested about starting to train. I think it's, I think it's a great thing. So here, let's just jump right into it. Uh, like I said, I had a great time taping this, and I hope you have a good time listening to it. And I will be posting links to Matt's socials. So here we go. Matt Mann from Jiu-Jitsu is much more than you think. Hey, Matt. Thank you. Thank you so much hey. for hopping on. I was really, really excited for everybody to sort of hear your story and find out more about you and what you're doing. I think it's I think it's great. And obviously it's uh it's the the cornerstone reason of why I do the podcast is being able to introduce people like you to more people either in the jujitsu community currently or people who are thinking about getting into it, or also for people who are maybe in the wrong the wrong atmosphere, right? Like, you know, mm. not every jujitsu atmosphere is perfect. And so hearing great stories about people like you, I think is a, a really good eye opener. So that being said, could you could you tell me a bit more about your origin story and uh, and what got you uh, what got you into this and keeps you going? 
Yeah, sure, no problem at all. Um, and thanks for having me. This is the first time I've ever done so it's good for me to do. Um, mine was a weird story because I was actually a police officer when I started training. And I started training because I felt like something was missing. So whenever I dealt with an arrest and things got violent or they got heated, I always felt that it was always by chance. It's like I got through and it was luck every time. It was never skill. It was, um, I had basic training and I'm grateful for that. But I always felt like uh, every time I go back to the station, I'd be like, didn't get hurt again. And I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. So I actually started training jujitsu to enhance my training and to to add to what I already knew and make it better. I wanted it to be sort of scientific so that whenever I had a problem with somebody, I could um, approach it logically and deal with the problem and not have to worry about, will I get injured today? Will I will I go home with cut knuckles or will I hit the floor? Um, and I wanted to make it, I don't know, I, I wanted to improve how I dealt with things. I didn't want anybody getting hurt either. When you have bundles with people and when you have arrests, people can get injured too. And it's that shouldn't happen. It should be done properly. So I wanted a bit more. Uh, I started training 29th of March, 2014. It's embedded in my head. Um, and I made a phone call. I typed in self-defense in Plymouth into my phone and self-defense Plymouth came up, which is Danny McMillan, Professor Danny McMillan's school in Plymouth. And I phoned him. I had a conversation for a couple of minutes on the phone. He said, come and see me, do a trial. And uh, it went from there. So I I did what every dad does. So I, I threw my son in first. So I took my son along, my oldest, threw him in to watch how it went, sort of sacrificed him a little bit <laughs> and got a bit of a feel for the place myself. And then I had a private session with Danny. So um, the first one there was a private session. So I had a black belt for an hour um, and he gave me his time. And he was there at the time with uh, another student of his called Sean. And I think Sean was a purple belt. And I remember going in and um, he said to Sean, on your back. And he said to me, stand over him. And he said, um, I want to show you what, what, how this works, what we, what we can do from standing and on the floor. So he said, if you can hit him in the face, hit him. And I remember saying, oh, I don't want to hurt the guy. I don't, I don't want to cause him an injury. And um, he said, try, try, to, try to touch his face, try to hit him. And he just basically tied me up in absolute knots. And um, he, he showed me what I could be capable of if I applied myself. And I uh, just fell in love with it. Absolutely fell in love with it. And I've never really looked back. So I'm nine years in next month. And I try to train maybe eight hours a week, every week. When, when I was white to about two, three stripe blue, I was, I was there pretty much all the classes. But life changes and whatnot. Uh, other commitments so my training now is probably about eight hours a week every week no that's that's really that's, that. that's really cool and and also thank you so much like i have a ton of appreciation and respect for anybody in the law enforcement military world right it's like law enforcement you're out there putting yourself on the line to sort of keep order control keep people safe so first off thank you for that and i wish that more police departments would invest in things like this to actually really truly keep not you know not only their people safe but also to your yeah. point keeping the suspect safe because if i feel exactly, more under yeah. control i'm less likely to result to something you know to lethal force or, or great bodily injury and yeah. so kudos kudos to you for recognizing that 
and, and taking that responsibility. And the other thing that kind of jumps out at me too, is, um, you know, you said you fell in love with it. Right. And I think that's a, that's a big misconception. I, I have yet to meet anybody that says, you know, that they're in love with going and, you know, doing the elliptical at the gym to do their cardio. Right. And yeah. so what, what is it about jujitsu? Because obviously I love jujitsu. It's why I do the podcast. It's why I train. What is it about jujitsu that, that you fell in love with and fell in love with so quickly? It sounds like. You have to totally be there whenever you train, you have to concentrate. You can't think about your bills, your stresses, your problems. Everything has to go. Everything has to get put behind you and you have to totally focus on training. You've got, you've got somebody coming at you with everything they've got and you've got to stop them. And you can't be preoccupied during that. So it's, it's a massive, massive stress reliever. So um, I've actually, um, I, I, I'll say, I say had, but I mean got, I've, I've got um, PTSD from some stuff I dealt with in the police I won't go into, but that, that left a mark on me. And that, that was part of my reason for leaving the organization, for leaving the police. And jujitsu has just, um, I'll say cured, cured it. Um, it. It's totally solved it for me. And I think it's because you have to be there. And when you're dealing with people that are bigger, stronger, faster, and you, you're doing that on a daily basis, when you're, continually trying to better yourself because jiu-jitsu takes a long time it's, it's a lifetime commitment when you apply yourself to that and you're constantly learning you can never settle you can never ever get comfortable um you always have to strive for a bit more and um that brings something out of me it's like medicinal best way i can put it it's medicinal you've obviously got the the sweat the exercise as well to, to partner with it and then i found that the further i got in i was like right i've got to eat right i've got jiu-jitsu I've got to sleep. I've got jujitsu. I want my kids to do it. I'll show them this. And it just, just brought everything together for me. Just, just gelled everything together. It was the, I've done loads of different things over my life, different ventures, as in I've done CrossFit. I've done powerlifting. I've done weight training. I've done um, running everything. And there was always something missing. And I figured out what that was when I started jujitsu. Um, you, you can, there are people who obviously got their different loves, but, I could go out and go for a really good run, like really enjoy it and not feel the same way as I do after I've trained jujitsu. Uh, I finished training and it's just euphoric. It's just, oh, that was fantastic. It's just, it's just a fantastic, um, call it mind, body, spirit thing. It's just, it takes everything away. It just, you leave feeling great and you know that you're also, and people forget this, you're also studying while you do it. You're also learning, bettering whilst you're physically active at a high level. And it's, that's perfect, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, it really is. Because I, I'm also a big fan of meditation and visualization and things like that. And it's that same sense of euphoria that you mentioned. Yeah. You know, you can, you can meditate, you can really get into a good spot. But for me, it happens, it doesn't happen every time in meditation. It happens every time in jujitsu. It's like, I can come in, you know, I can have stresses. I can have things on my mind, things that are annoying me, upsetting me, whatnot. I get in, I start seeing my friends, I start training. Yeah. At the end of the session, I am completely reset. And it's that's one thing that I wish that people yeah. could see that if they if they can make it through that tough time of being awkward, of you know, being on bottom, not you know, nothing coming together. You know, you can try yeah, really yeah. hard and, and things don't always come together. And for me, I really I had to reshape my definition of success. I wasn't going to go in and 
you know, get, get every submission or anything. I mean, there's yeah, some days exactly. I don't get any submissions. Right. And I had to recalibrate my, my definition of success was okay. Did I, was I able to like make it to class today? Did I see my friends? Did I somehow contribute? If I was having a bad day, did I help my partner? Was my partner struggling with something? And for me, that's yeah. where jujitsu is also very unique is it's, it's not a static art. It's not like, you know, karate practicing katas. It's in my opinion, probably the most intimate martial art because not only are you actively training to like submit your partner, you're also trying to help them get better just as they're doing for you. And exactly. so do you. Actually, yeah, you're, you're learning and studying. It's massive. Yeah. And so like when you think about like the culture of places, but I, I know that, you know, you go and you train in different places, right? It's like, so as you, as you come into a place, have you seen different cultures in different academies and sort of like, like what would define a good culture for you? Uh, I think mine's quite specific because um, I, I train where I am because of the self-defense, that, that's it. Um, purely the self-defense aspect and uh, everybody's got their own motivations for training. And um, I, I respect people equally. If people choose to train different ways, that's, that's for them. Um, and I think that if anybody's trying to better themselves in any way, that, that's a good thing. Um, and people should be left to their own devices. But for me, I, I like the, um, clean blue hygienic mats you walk in it smells fresh it smells nice i like the um white uniforms everybody looking similar the the cleanliness you walk in the changing room someone shakes your hand shows you how to tie your belt I, I like that side of it i like it when you can tell a lot about a business by the way you walk in the same as when um I got trained once many years ago by the environmental health in the UK. Uh, and they said the best way to rate a restaurant is to go and check their restroom. I'll say restroom for you, their toilet first, go and have a look at their bathroom and then judge the restaurant on the bathroom, not by the restaurant. And that's actually similar with jujitsu. I, I based my choice based on the environment. I went in and looked at how the people speak to somebody brand new. And I, I was lucky. I, I found a really good place first time at the Miller Martial Arts. And I did get changed. And people did help me tie my belt and things. But uh, I think that that's what you need. You need It's hard enough to start anyway, isn't it? Do you find that? Do you find it hard to start? <laughs> yeah, it's for me, it was, um, you know, I grew up, I grew up playing hockey and I, and I grew up doing karate and I went through and I got my black belt and a lot of my friends, I think, thought I was kind of crazy for wanting to start over anything as a brand new white belt. Because to your point, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I knew how to tie my belt from karate, but that yeah. was about it. I didn't know anything about jujitsu. And I I'm blessed in the sense that I live in Southern California in the US and I train at Gracie University headquarters with Henner and Heron Gracie. Yep. And you know, and you talk about culturally the the friendly faces are everywhere when you enter the academy the academy is spotless it's super well run and you know it's yeah there's there's a process for onboarding people but the process is almost like it's almost unnecessary because everybody's so friendly and so welcoming and and i think that's another thing that really strikes me about jujitsu and i'd love to get your take on this so yeah so our our academy is like it's spotless super well run everybody's friendly but if somebody comes in and is out of line, you know that your senior, your instructors are going to like really sort of also look after you and make sure that nobody's acting up. So 
So there's there's a huge amount of respect. And for me, that's that's really critical. Um, one of the things that I found, and I'd, I'd love to get your take on, is that oftentimes the people who are the most accomplished in jujitsu, you know, you have some really, obviously we have some amazing, amazing high level black belts and ranks of all, all types that are just amazing. Yeah. It's almost like the higher somebody goes up in the ranking system, the nicer and more gentle they become. Is that something that you've seen? And, and if so, um, what would you attribute that to? Because that's, that's a question that fascinates me. I always love to ask people that one. Here we go. So I went to a um, Hoyler Gracie seminar in London. And I asked him what the hardest thing has been to learn over his life of martial arts. And he said the hardest thing I had to learn is that you don't have to use it. It's that it doesn't have to be an automatic choice. So if you're in a situation, and he said that he's been in situations with, I believe it was his daughters around, and people have come over saying, oh, Mr. World Champion, and saying things to him. He said, be easy to get in a fight, but you have to know that you don't have to use it. So I think that relates back to um, the Book of Five Rings as well. Like The ultimate achievement is to not use what you've learned, which is very paradoxical, but the ultimate achievement in martial arts is to use, to know so much, you don't have to use it so you can have confidence in your ability to know that you don't have to resort to um i'll say violence resort to violence because you have to so you can actually go through a process where you can make informed decisions and it doesn't have to be so rushed and again that links in with the philosophy side of things like good people having solid knowledge and information to decide what they do in an altercation I think I mentioned to you before, I was, I was attacked, um, maybe no, October, November last year. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you about that if you, if you happen for me to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, please. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love for you to. And, and I totally agree. It's like, if you're so confident that you can control the levels of escalation, it goes back to law enforcement, right? It's like, if you know, yep. you can handle something safely with nonviolent tools, then it gives you the option to escalate, but it's not something you jump to right away. But yeah, I'm sorry, please. Yeah, yeah, please go ahead and tell me tell me about the situation. So that was a that was a strange one. So um, October, November last year. So um, briefly, my um, my eldest son has developed quite a serious medical condition. He's been quite ill. Um, so my training has naturally had to go on the back burner because family first, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so so I, I so linking in with what you said earlier, I was smirking. Some weeks just getting to training was my accomplishment that that was that was my achievement just being there i wasn't very capable when i was there because i was so preoccupied yeah but just getting there was a massive achievement for me and, and just being consistent and stepping on the blue was enough for me just being in the environment of my friends and, and being around so i was feeling pretty i was feeling pretty sad um and it really sucked the life out of me and um i taught one night um and left the academy locked up like normal and I was with somebody else and heard all this shouting and um it, it was a guy in the street shouting about uh, shouting and swearing say he was going to kill somebody and whatnot um and he walked by us um made more comments and walked and he, he walked in the direction that my car was parked down a lane and I was like oh. great but um there, there was part of me that thought to myself 
and this links in with what I've just said to you. I've I thought I've I could walk down that lane where he's going, or I could walk around the entire block. have been in that's down the alleyway maybe a young lady have that problem rather than me do you know what i mean so i thought um at least i can calmly go through those escalatory stages yeah as best i can than totally avoid the situation potentially somebody else that isn't capable gets hurt yeah so i thought right okay um so he walked on a bit and uh, i thought right i'm gonna go to my car anyway i was talking with my friend and um the guy turned around and it's my very firm belief that it, it could have been anybody. He was just looking for anybody to have a problem with. Yeah. Um, turned around and um, started with verbals. And I said, look, I'm just walking to my car. My car's down there. Just carry on. That's it. Uh, and on that, he ran at my friend and I. Um, and I, I've, I've discussed this with my professor. It, it, the, guy, the, the guy was um, quite large. Um and you don't know how things are going to go, do you? you? You haven't got a clue. And that's my the first time I've ever had to use jujitsu off the tatami. And you don't know. But all I can say is it links in with what we've just talked about. Like I was able to calmly go through a process of um, taking him down, controlling him. The police took 22 minutes to get wow. to us. Um, and he, um, I don't know, do you work in kilograms? pounds uh, yeah sometimes yeah so uh, so i'm 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 about 74 kilograms at the moment and i'd say this guy probably had um 15 20 wow. kilograms weight on me yeah so he, he was a big guy short but big big set guy um large and um and he was quite strong but um jujitsu just did everything i needed it to it wasn't, it was just, it was just, was just technique. Um, and I couldn't have wished for the situation to go any better. Um, took him down to the ground, controlled him happily, took his back, um, used rear naked choke, um, restrained him. The police arrived, police turned up. And in those 22 minutes, he wasn't able to stand. Um, and I was able to calmly talk to him um, and restrain him and just keep him there for all that time uh, i brought him around it turned out he isn't he wasn't mentally well um he'd been off his medication he was sick and the, the police turned up and they said what what do you want us to do with him do you want to make a complaint do you want to um say that he's trying to fight you i said no just get him the help he needs just take him home um the, the system uh is very the justice system in in the country can be very good but it can also be not very beneficial the same as everywhere we hear these stories and sometimes people just need help rather than to be locked in a police station um, so he he went home and hopefully got the help he needed. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a strange, really strange situation because at a time where I felt my training was falling apart, that that situation happened and actually solidified that I'm doing right by my self defence and I'm training the right way at the right place with the right people. Um, and it it really taught me a big lesson, actually, a big lesson. But that's a that's a powerful story and, and thank you thank you so much for sharing it and it's powerful on so many different levels right number one was jujitsu and, and who you are 
gave you the courage and the the foresight to say, listen, I need to walk down this way because he's looking for somebody. And at least I'm, mm. I think, equipped to handle it, right? So, so you had the courage to go down there. This happens. And you also have the humility, the humanity to not want to hurt this guy. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, course, that's yeah. a thing in, in a standard, you know, like just a, a regular like fist fight, right? It's like, you know, your adrenaline gets up, you get so mad, you want to hurt the person, this and that, and you're able to stay so calm. And really you saved him because hopefully he got some help that got him back on a better Thank track you. because you didn't feel a need to like just trash this guy, right? So, mm. I, and I think that's so cool. And that's, and that's also jujitsu, you know, it's, I don't know how it is. Like it's probably the same in your training, but for us, if you have somebody that comes in, they're not as experienced or lighter or whatnot, we we feel a natural sort of chivalry and respect in into not prey on weaker people, right? Maybe yeah. they don't have the same experience or like they're, they're lighter or whatnot. And then you, you naturally sort of lift them up and help them as opposed to smash them. And that's, to me, that's yeah. also very unique culturally because for me, you know, growing up playing hockey, it's like you used to call it hunting the sheep. It's like, there, there was a lot of bullying in hockey, right? And it was just, and that was yeah. just the natural pecking order. And you see it in so many sports, you know, and, and I've talked about it on other podcasts. If you have somebody who's really on top of their game, it's, there's a need, like a fear of people catching up to your skill level. And you need to sort of like put them back in their place and hold them down. And jujitsu is the opposite. So that that's cool. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that, sharing your story on that. Um, So as, as you've seen, jujitsu right like you know the world got its taste of jujitsu you know back with hoist and ufc one and jujitsu yep. has just exploded in popularity and personally i think it's an amazing thing and i've become friends with richard bresler i don't know if you read richard's book worth defending um it tells his story no of i haven't yet no oh it, it's an amazing it's an amazing book i'm gonna i'm gonna buy you a digital copy and i'm gonna send it this is my like oh, amazing thank you. thank you for sure um i might actually send you a physical copy but Richard, Richard's a great guy. And um, the thing with him is, you know, I, I'm, I was like a little bit like a fanboy. I'm 50 years old. And I, I was like a fanboy in meeting Richard. And the thing that shocked me is he's like, no, no, he's, he's like, I'm, I'm not a celebrity. He's like, I was right place, right time. He was super humble. His book tells an incredible story of what it was like learning jujitsu, you know, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with Horian, I, I think I said Hickson before Horian, he was Horian's first student in the U.S., and learning a, like 100% from the source and how the jujitsu world was back then. And the way that it just continues to grow and explode, how does that feel? Because, you know, you have the self-defense camp and you have the sport camp. Personally, I'm in the self-defense side, but yep. how do you feel? And I know that was a lot, that was a lot to unpack. I was just kind of rambling on that one. Yeah, um, I said it before. Um, I think that politics and things can be distracting at times in in the jiu-jitsu community and part of why i created almost like a persona for my social media and my channels was to remove my identity from it because you can say more if you're not a person um and i wanted it to be more like a cause so i call it jiu-jitsu is much more than you think which comes from the original grace academy advert from 1925 I, i've used that that to um highlight that it's really multi multifaceted it's it is spirit body mind it's got so many benefits you don't see that you didn't think about when you joined that it reveals and i think if somebody wants to train um sports jiu-jitsu 
and compete um, in a sports jiu-jitsu environment, great. Um, it's exercise, it's good for them, it provides a drive, and rather that than people not doing anything. So I, I think good, good for them. If people want to um, practice self-defense and they want to stop being attacked in the street by whoever, um, again, perfect. The, the bit, the bit that I find makes my eye twitch is if one um, tries to be the other. Um, if one tries to say, if a sports gym starts doing a self-defense course, but perhaps a lot of the techniques that they're teaching aren't self-defense based. They're more sportative based and people could get punched in the face a lot or hurt while they're going for a sweep with their hands committed, things like that. So um, I think that they're great when they're um, in their lanes, but I think as traffic entwines, that's when it becomes a bit of a bit of a grisly issue. I think that's when you get the divisiveness of it, if I'm honest. No, that's, that is great. Yeah. And also I'd love, I'd love to unpack a bit more about your social media cause, because that was, that was how we got connected. Um, yeah. But, but I do, but I do think that there's a tremendous responsibility to your point, And it's a really good point that you highlighted. It's, you know, you have self-defense, you have sport. And as long as everybody's honest about the pros and cons of each, so people can make their decisions about, okay, listen, you know, you can't use a, a deep half guard in a street fight yeah. Because if you get stuck in that one position, you're going to, you're going to get pounded. Right. But having, yeah. having that honesty, I think is absolutely critical. So then again, it comes down to that, the way that the jujitsu is being implemented and taught to the students, as opposed to trying to say, Hey, my way is the best way for every possible situation. It's yeah. my way is the best way for every possible situation, except X, Y, Z. Right. It's like, yeah. so hundred percent yeah. with you. Um, so I would love to, I'd love to just unpack like on your social stuff. I mean, I think it's really super cool what you're doing. And I love how so much of the world tries to say, Hey, Hey, look at me, look at me. Here's my name. And they want to be known. You're the guy who's doing the opposite. You're like, no, I can go further if I'm making this a bit more anonymous. So can you yeah. just sort of tell me about that? And then also your content and for all the listeners, I'm going to post links to you, all of your socials. Uh, oh, thank this, you. I would strongly suggest they check it out, but I'm sorry, but go ahead. Yeah, um, I started off with my name and um, was moving along with it. And I just thought to myself, I think I got it from Batman to just be really tacky that he said, you can do more when you're a symbol than you can as a person. And I sort of that that stuck in my brain. And I'm I'm really um, if something scratches my head, I, I can't get rid of it. And that really stuck in there for a few weeks. And I was like, yeah, yeah OK, something different. And I looked into it and just changed it. And. Part of why I changed it is because I think that people are a bit more open if they don't realise that it's an individual. Uh, and that might sound odd, but um, I, I post things about my family life, um, about how my children train, how I train. But what I try to do on my page the most is um, make people aware of good days and bad days. So I won't just post my successes. I, I'll post things to do with my son's medical condition and how hard I found training. And I'll, and I'll say about obstacles and I'll try to help if I can, just one person's enough, just one person to be able to go, yeah, I've had a similar situation. I'm going to go and train. I'm going to make the effort. I'm going to go in because it's done me so much good that I, I almost want to shout. So people will hear how good it is. 
because I, I saw a statistic the other day saying that it had the um, percentage of people in the world that train jiu-jitsu and found it really interesting. It said that it's something stupid, like 8 billion people in the world have never tried jiu-jitsu or something, something like that, like a crazy statistic. And I remember looking at it thinking it'd be so good if, if more people did try it because I could have quite easily not made that call that day. And um, I haven't gone into it with you, but jiu-jitsu caused me to leave the police. I, I left, I moved on. Um, and it was because of jiu-jitsu. I looked at it all and thought, I can do better than this. And that, that's that's in no way any reflection on police officers at all. But I felt like, uh, I was like, right, I'm enjoying this training. Um, I I can do more than, I, than I'm doing. Um, and I felt like I could move on and do something different with my time. And the I went to the Valente Brothers in 2014 as a white belt and... I've never, ever forgot that experience. I know Tony mentioned it too. Yeah. Um, it was, um, I, I can't put it into words. It it basically like fertilized the soil for everything to grow. Um, and I still draw on it now. I, I went over there, I think I did 10 days. And um, Pedro, Guy and Joaquin Valente are amazing people. And they do great things. And they've helped a lot of people in the community. And that just totally solidified wanting to build on jiu-jitsu and but wanting it to translate to being on the mat and off the mat not just going in and training and catching arm bars and stuff like i wanted to understand that it's as good for you off the mat as it is on the mat and that's what i've really tried to share with people like it's not just the training while you're there you should take it home and um it's in everything really if you look at it in a really deep sense it's all about efficiency it's, so it's in everything you do. And I, I'd be very hard-pressed to meet somebody whose life hasn't been improved by jiu-jitsu, a long-term practitioner. If you speak to somebody that's trained for a number of years, they'll all tell you how much it's fundamentally changed their life. And that's what I want to share from White Belt Up. Yeah, and, and it changes the lives of everybody around them, which is which is amazing, yep. right? So taking just just you for for one example right it's like it empowered you to say hey like you could look clearly and say yeah this has been good but i want to do this over here and it also instilled the yep. confidence for you that you could do it right and i think that's one thing yep. with jujitsu is the people that come in that that i've seen the people that come in that, that can't do it are the ones that give up give up on themselves earlier in other places as well and it's kind of like you know you make it through that yep. danger zone period where you know you come in and you you feel like you're out of step and you're hard on yourself about it, and, and you know and people do unfortunately give up in that thing and that's why I do the podcast yeah. is people who have never trained or somebody who's on the fence about continuing to train, it's like you're almost there. Like once you get in, once you hit that critical mass, your life will never be the same, and the life of the people around you. So you know I've got two kids, yeah. I've got a wife and two kids, and they definitely get a much better version of me that is more likely to be patient to like logic something out as opposed to losing my temper. Like I used to that that's super, that's super powerful. And I, I want to be very respectful. I want to be really respectful you know, of, of your time here. Um, and so maybe just, just a couple of other things and then, and then we wrap it up if that yep, works for you. Sure. So if, and this is another one too, that I reused, <clears throat> if you could take all of your experiences now, life experiences, mad experiences, 
and go back and have a conversation with yourself as you're in the locker room trying to tie your belt for the first time, what advice would you give you to make your journey even more enjoyable, even more productive? I, I keep it really simple and I give the advice that I've had time and time again that you don't you don't believe at the time. I'd say just keep going, just turn up. Uh, I've I've been to training on crutches and sat and watched and uh, that's one thing I always say to people it's um all there's always a way there is always a way to train even if you can't physically get to your training destination you can watch something you can do something there's always a way to train and I always encourage everybody I train with to try their best to do something even if they're injured can you come in and watch if you can't get in can I pick you up and bring you um, there's always something you can do. You can read a book, you can listen to a podcast, you can look at a self-defense book, but um, I'm not an advocate of stopping, of just going, I can't do anything. There's always a way to train. And that, that's what I tell myself. I've had a few injuries over the years. I've got a vertigo condition as well that affects my training every now and again. And um, I'll, I just turn up for more. I'll keep, I'll keep going to training. I'll sit watch i'll look at videos um I'll, I'll do something i'll never stop never never stop i think it's important that you always carry on in some capacity that's oh and there's one other thing great. i tell myself yeah that's that's so, great um, that's great I, I, went, I, I went in as a complete um marsh arts moron i didn't know anything i'd never done anything before ever and i remember um professor danny came over to me and he said by the way, I think it was like next month. He said, next month, we've got Hoist Gracie coming over to teach a seminar. Would you like to attend? And I said, never heard of him. <laughs> and I've walked out of the gym. <laughs> so I go, I go back and go to that. I go to that. I go to that first one. Now, now I do that. Yeah, that, is, that was funny. That is funny. No, it's, it's so funny. I think it was Ricardo Laborio um, made a comment on Instagram one time and, and he was talking about the people who train consistently, your your growth is so much better. And yeah. I used to really struggle with inconsistency because I've always, my, my work is very demanding and it's like, and I work a lot of hours and I used to like actually buy into excuses on why I could blow off class. Oh, it was a long day. It's like, mm. it's a long commute, <clears throat> whatnot. And inconsistency was just, was just killing jujitsu for me. And once I found that once I got more consistent, it turned into like probably the most healthy addiction imaginable. You know, now it's like I could be exhausted, but it's like I really want to get in the car. And for me, I have essentially a two hour commute to get to the academy. And so that's a lot. Yeah. And so some day, some days it's like hard, like logistically, I can't make it like I have to work too late or whatever it may be. But, you know, on those days, it's like I really miss it. And um mm -hmm. And I found that, you know, getting more consistent, you know, you start to understand the techniques better. They start to flow better. You have more fun. You feel better just about everything. So it's a really, it's a really good loop. So, I mean, but that's great advice, you know, just, just show up. And um, I, I always thought, no, it, it, it can't be that simple. Right. You know, and it was, it wasn't just Ricardo Laborio, right. It was, you know, Hanzo Grace. It was all these people saying yep. consistency is absolute key. And, you know, Hannah and Hiron, you know, it's just show up. And it's like, and then I finally clicked. I'm like, I should have just 
trusted them in my gut yeah. when, when I heard it, because these are the most renowned people in, in sort of the, the, that, uh, the world. Um, actually that was, that was it for me. Did you have any questions or anything additional to add? And like I said, I'm going to be sharing links to your socials because I think that what you're doing is amazing. You're doing it for all Thank the you. right reasons. And I like to think it's the same reason I do the podcast. So I'll share all of that. Anything else? So for you, yeah, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. So, um, how long have you trained for? So about nine and a half years now. That's a long time. That's a long time. So, um, similar. So if you go back to nine and a half years and give yourself a little bit of advice, what advice would you give yourself in the changing room? Bearing in mind all of your experiences since. Ah, uh, that I wish I would have known that the greatest risk for, for me truly enjoying jujitsu would be my ego. You know, we have, doormats that say leave your ego at the door and i was looking at it yeah that's no problem I, I don't have a big ego but i think it was that my ego was against myself and i would get down on myself and i'd get frustrated with myself and i think it was yeah my advice my advice would be look at the roadmap and realize that there can be a lot of detours along the way and the only yeah. way that you don't get there and the only way you don't really truly unlock the beauty and power of jujitsu is if you get too down on yourself and if you don't trust the process so much the same for yeah. you is stay in it, stay consistent, don't get down on yourself and really enjoy the ride. I mean, that's where all my, all my friends are jujitsu friends now. But that's, again, that's, that's absolutely solid advice. Um, and there are, there are sidetracks, there are detours and that leave the ego at the door. It's harder than people think. And even people that feel like they haven't got one, it, it, you can have an ego against yourself. You can expect more of yourself and expect too much. So yeah, that's, I, I live by that as well. I think it's, it's important that you are honest with people. And it's so funny. And it's so funny. You mentioned that the ego yourself versus others. And that was part of the thing I think that I struggled with the most was I had zero problem being in class and getting submitted by somebody. Zero problem. I'd be like, you know what, bro? Like great move, man. Your, your stuff mm -hmm. is feeling amazing. And I was legit happy for them, but it caused a confusion in me because I was legit frustrated with myself and like, how come I am not getting better? Well, I'll tell you yeah. why. It's like, you know, I was I was training sporadically and I was traveling a lot and my diet wasn't good and I wasn't exercising off the mat. And when I was there, I, I didn't feel, I wasn't preparing myself. So I wasn't giving myself a fair shake. And um, I remember one day just after I'd gotten my blue belt and I, I just got done rolling and uh, I came off the mat and I was super frustrated with myself. And I ran into my instructor, his name was Chris. And, um, and he's like, what's wrong? And I said, you know, I'm, 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 I suck at this. I'm never going to get any better. And he's like, he's like, wait, he's like, how, how old are you? And I, I think I was like, maybe like 41 at the time. And I said, yeah. say 41. And he's like, wait, so he's like, you didn't start training until you were 40. And I said, yeah. And he's like, that's nuts. He's like, you should be so proud that you're even here. And he's like, and we had yep. this long conversation right there in the locker room. He's like, you know what, bro? He's like, you're thinking about this the wrong way. You're winning just by showing up. You you on days where you feel horrible, you're still making progress and you don't realize it. It recalibrated everything for me. And that wasn't to say that there weren't days where I was still down about things, but it's yeah. like that was the main catalyst that really sort of kept me training. And that was I was only a year in. And so yeah, I'd say people be good, be good to yourselves. Be proud of yourself for showing yeah. up. Everybody can do jujitsu. I don't care the kind of physical shape somebody's in how old they are, yep. how young they are, where they live. There's always a way to train jujitsu. Yeah. And I'd, um, 
severely advocate everybody trying it at least once in their life. Um, I think it's one of the best things potentially you could do for yourself physically. I, I can't think of anything um, you can do in terms of physical activity that feels as good as this. Um, th- there may be something out there, but I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, so I think there's a lot, to, lot to be said for constantly learning. It's just so good for you. Yeah. No, for sure. And pushing your boundaries so and you. lifting up the people around you. It's there's there's nothing like it. And I am going to definitely buy you a copy of Richard Bressler's book because his story of personal transformation. I, I don't want to tell it here because I won't be able to do it justice. And I did a I did an episode with him. And Richard is a fantastic guy. Somebody I'm proud to call a friend. His generosity, his encouragement. It's something that means a lot to me. And it's you know, and it's also the same thing I say for you. I mean, I, you know, I, I hit you up on on Instagram and you're like, yeah, like, let's do it. And just you taking time out on your Sunday evening to spend yeah. time doing this. I I'm grateful. And I consider you a new friend and, and, uh, we'll do anything to, uh, yeah, definitely further that you got to make stuff. it out to yeah, LA same here. You can come by the Academy. If I could afford it, I'd love to, but I, you, you will see me there one day. You will. Um, I will, I will roll yeah, out the I'll, I'll definitely be there one day. I look forward to it. Um, right. I'll definitely look forward to it. We'll grab a coffee as well. Yes, for sure. So, uh, okay. So once again, for everybody, um, I'm going to be posting links to your socials. You know, Matt, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. I hope you enjoy You're welcome. the rest of your evening. And I look forward to talking again in the very near future. And uh, sounds good, my friend. Be in touch. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers.